Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Building Your Extraordinary Business Radio Program with your host, Jim Nemley, President and CEO of the Extraordinary Business Builders. This show is designed to instruct business owners on what they must know to survive and grow. Why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary? Now, here's your host, Jim Nemley. Welcome, 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 folks. Are you dreaming big and having the courage to influence, to step it up? Well, let me tell you something. I have an extra, extra, extra special person on the show this evening. Uh, She's been on before. She even co-hosted with me, I believe it was even last week, with Bob Berg. And I couldn't wait to get her back on the show this evening. I have with me on the air... Teresa de Grosbois, and Teresa launched her book, Mass Influence, The Habits of the Highly Influential. And folks, let me tell you something. She just launched it, and it's already an international bestseller. The book is absolutely awesome, just like the author. Teresa, how are you? I'm great, Jim. It's great to be here again. Great to be here. I couldn't wait to get you back on the show. I, I was, uh, and for you folks, you folks don't know, you know, when we do our little pre-show conversations, I was telling Teresa that um, I've been waiting for Amazon to send me my book, and I had it all planned. I was going to, do, right after the introduction, I was going to do a selfie with me sitting here in my little studio holding the book, Mass influence and at the same time having Teresa on the other end of the line you know where I could actually be surrounded by influence and I was going to actually blow that up and send that out everywhere and then the book doesn't show up so I'm really (laughs) bummed out about that I really am I mean I was thinking about that believe it or not I was thinking about that all day long (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's too fun, Jim. <laughs> I was thinking about that all day long. So, I know that it's been a whirlwind. You've been you've been out there in the media. I mean, you cannot turn around without seeing the cover of Mass Influence and seeing you standing next to it. You can't turn around anywhere on any social media and not see it. That is an amazing feat. And 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 getting to where you are in such a short period of time, how great is that? Uh, yeah, it's a humbling feat. It's uh, it's been really miraculous, and I'm so grateful for the reception this book has gotten. You know, because I, I really like this book is my offering. I, I want it to change the lives of everyday good people to have them realize how easy it is to become influential, you know? So it's it's really gratifying to see the reception this book has gotten. Well, the reception, I think it's going to become an, an international icon, all right? Oh. I'm, pre- I'm predicting that. I really am predicting that. Just the, uh, the, the impact, just the, my little part of the world where I was putting out, you know, the, the daily excerpts you were, you were giving us, 
And, you know, it, just putting that out there and, and watching the feedback that I was getting on uh, LinkedIn and, and Facebook, and, and, and uh, I said, wow, you know, these people are eating it up. I'd, I'd like to go over some of those excerpts this evening, you know, and, and folks, believe me, when you start hearing the excerpts, you know, and, and Teresa is one person who I utterly and absolutely respect. She doesn't hoard anything. She spills and pours herself out because it it, it it's it's all going towards her goal. And what is your goal, Teresa? <laughs> I love that question. You know, I have a really big, hairy, audacious goal in my life. I want to see transformational success principles reach 1.2 billion people on this planet by the year 2020. And our goal is to do that by helping 1,200 emerging thought leaders each grow their reach to a million people. Now, folks, is that a goal or is that a goal? You know, uh, I love the fact that you're doing that because it means that you have to give a lot of yourself. And in doing so, a lot of people are going to be totally blessed. A lot of people are going to be totally blessed. So, Mm, And and first first step is this book. Well, it's not the first step. I have to tell you, folks, um, Teresa blesses me a number of times every week. She's probably the greatest introducer I have ever met. (laughs) <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> Thanks, she puts the most interesting and talented people in front of me on a weekly basis that I, you know, I, I, I just wait. As soon as I see her name come up, I just can't wait to see who she's putting in front of me this day. And ultimately, folks, those people end up on this radio show, and they come on this radio show, and they begin to feed you with their knowledge and and that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful thing but let's talk about the book so excerpt number one we might as well start at the beginning (laughs) how about telling us a bit about excerpt number one well you know, the book starts with talking about my own personal journey in terms of influence, you know, and really putting yourself out there and doing anything big, anything influential in life requires a lot of courage, you know. And I wanted people to get that, you know, from an influence standpoint, failure is just another step on the road to success. It really right. is. And and to become influential, you just got to learn that getting messy and trying things on is just one of the things that influential people do. And when you can really wrap your head around, you know, just it's okay to just put yourself out there and try different things and live your dreams, you will start to see influence isn't nearly as hard as you might think it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you've done a lot of things and you've gone through some radical changes to finally become someone who teaches thought leaders and emerging thought leaders to have greater impact on the world. Why don't you tell us what brought you to this path? 
Well, you know, a lot of people are born and hardwired knowing what they're meant to do in the world. I was the opposite of that. Um, I really fell into what I um, am doing now more from, you know, intervention than I did from any particular <laughs> plan. I, uh, I had, you know, about 15 years ago, I had what I'd affectionately now call my really bad year. Um, in the first six months of that year, I had lost my uh, health. My father had passed away. My marriage had ended. I, um, and my business at the time had failed. Mm. And, you know, it was through actually acknowledging and recognizing that it was me that needed to shift if I was ever going to get happiness and joy back in my life that I started on a journey to really discover who I was and what I wanted to do in the world, you know. And during that period, someone had given me a copy of Janet Atwood's book, Passion Test. Uh And one of the things Janet talks about is leaning in, lean toward your dreams. You know, so when you're faced with a decision, I always choose in favor of the thing you most love. And I started doing that. And, and, you know, even within a few years of that time, my life was starting to look radically different. And uh, and I was starting to realize what I was really gifted and what I was really good at. And, you know, by the same token, I was really starting to figure out that when I contribute to other people, you know, giving is a selfish act. Because giving is what brings connection (laughs) and joy in our life, right? And so the more I make my life about helping other people, the easier it is for me to live my own dreams and be joyful in my own life. Wow. You know, I was was talking with someone today, and uh, the whole thing about putting yourself out there, uh, I, I do believe that what causes people who could probably reach high levels of greatness, what causes them to fail so often is the fact that they don't fully commit. They don't fully commit. They hold back, they hold back. And it's either you're on one side of the track or the other side of the track. If you're straddling the track, the train is going to run you down. All right? Yeah, and that's so I, true, I, Jim. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that uh, that quote from Ben Franklin. I know I'm going to screw it up. I just saw it recently. He says, "It's not so much that I failed ten thousand times. I just found ten thousand ways not to do it." <laughs> what a fabulous <laughs> quote! I haven't heard that one before. But it's so true. You know, when you look at the habits of influential people, you know, one one of the biggest is that they have learned to overcome their own self-limiting beliefs, you know? Because really, when you think about it, your dreams are bigger to you than they are to anybody else on the planet because they're your dreams. Mm. That's huge, right? Mm. And and so our dreams, even though we're, we're the perfect person to do them, because who better to do your dream than someone who's totally passionate and juiced up about it? You, you know, and at the same time, your inner conversation, your self-limiting beliefs, you know, Randy Gage would call them mind viruses. Those (laughs) things are going to come up to stop you, right? Human beings are just hardwired to have a lot of inner conversation that stops them from becoming influential, stops them from pursuing their dreams. And you probably invented it when you were three years old in those first failures you ever had in your life. And so, you know, the reality is for most adults, a three-year-old is running the show and stopping you from living your dreams and stopping you from pursuing those things you were really put here to do. 
Wow, what a quote. I hope folks wrote that down. All right, now, folks, for you, for you folks that wrote that down and you end up going out there and you start tweeting it, make certain that Teresa gets the credit for it, all right? Yeah, that yeah. was a Pay Teresa me, because I can't remember quote. what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> that was a three-year-old. Wow. That is amazing. I love that. I really love that. I hadn't thought about it that way before, but that's awesome. Yeah, it's very true. You know, if you look at the research on on where our self-limiting beliefs come from, they start in those really early failures of our lives, right? I can actually remember the day I created my most significant inner conversation. You know, I, I was about three years old. And, you know, what you don't know about me is I basically grew up in a Mark Twain novel in a remote area of northern Canada, you know. And we were all just back from our cabin that we lived in in the summer one day, and, and we're all crowded around our little kitchen. I, I have, um, you know, there's nine kids in my family, and all the cousins were there, and I'm the youngest. And everybody's buzzing with excitement because my grandmother's taken us to the movies. You know, and it's a big deal because, first of all, it's the love bug, which is a big deal right Ooh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, second of all, my staunchly Catholic mother is seriously concerned about the morals of Hollywood movie makers, you know, like <laughs> Walt Disney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but today she's rescinded. You know, somebody's convinced her that Walt Disney isn't that bad. <laughs> and, uh, and I look across the room just in time to see my mother say, Teresa can't go, she's too little. Well, three-year-old me is completely devastated, and I tell myself, I'm too small to play with big kids. Mm. Now, the really interesting thing about that is, you know, that inner dialogue so stuck that I started spending all my time either trying to prove that I wasn't too small to play with the big kids or desperately terrified that I was. So importance became a really important conversation to me at the age of three. But, you know, the really interesting thing to look at is that, you know, your inner dialogue isn't good or bad. It just is. You know, and importance being an important conversation to me actually created that I was someone, even early in my career, I started really studying influence and influential people and and wanting to understand how to create influence and make myself influential because influence was so important to me. Importance was important. And that spurred me to become an expert on influence that actually invests in other people who want to do good in the world becoming influential. Isn't that cool that that inner dialogue created that? So a really interesting thing to look at, a really positive thing to look at is how does your self-limiting beliefs actually motivate you and help you in life? Wow. You know, um, got to take a quick break right now uh, because uh, we have folks that kind of like slip into the show a little bit late. And and so I always make it a habit of reintroducing my guest. And you folks know just who you are. My guest this evening is Teresa de Grosbois. And Teresa is the, the, the new international bestseller. It's not our only best-selling book, by the way, but the new international best-selling book, Mass Influence, The Habits of the Highly Influential. And she just released it, what, it was last week? 
Wasn't it last yeah, week? Seven days ago. Yeah. Seven days ago. Seven days ago, and now she's an international bestseller. Go figure. I guess it's because she has something to say. All right. So so make certain that you go out there and you get that book. You know, um, Teresa is also the founder and the chair of the Evolutionary Business Council. All right, and it's an international invitation-only council of speakers and influencers who are focused on teaching principles of success. That's not the only thing she does, but I'll get to that later on, Teresa. Why don't you tell folks how they can find you and where they can get the book? Oh, I would be thrilled if people wanted to get the book. The website mm-hmm. is called massinfluencethebook.com. And actually, when you buy the book, we include a complimentary training program called the 30-Day Influence Challenge. It really helps you solidify the understanding of how influence really works. So I'd love to see you join and, and get yourself a copy of that. Wow. And and folks, go ahead and do it. Don't hold back. Remember we were talking about, you know, the the difference between that person that succeeds is the one that fully commits. If you have one foot on one side of the railroad track and the other foot on the other side of the railroad track, that train is going to mow you down. All right? Don't get mown down. Buy the book. Become influential. It's very important for your success. And talking about important for your success, uh, you, you heard Teresa say earlier that it's her goal to build Thought leaders. That's her goal. Don't you want to be in front of someone whose goal is to build a thought leader? Don't you want to be a thought leader? Stop limiting yourself. All right? Stop limiting yourself. Take that anchor off and do what you know you want to do. Now, after having said that, and that felt good saying that, Teresa. It really did. You know, it's almost oh, like uh, it, it really is almost like um, uh, directing somebody for a remedy for all that ails them. You know, if you're sure of that remedy, you feel really good about sharing it. Well, I just felt really good about sharing that. So. Thanks, Jim. It's just the truth. Now, you know, uh, we know that a lot of people think about happiness and and the whole nine yards. So what's the most important question? It's really important. What's the difference between fleeting and lasting happiness? And, And are they related to your dreams? Well, you know, I really like to think about emotion as, you know, the, the highest state we can ever get to is to be able to be in all our emotions at the same time, right? And in fact, when you can easily go through the gamut of emotions, grief, anger, frustration, joy, love, connectedness, and, and be present to them all flowing in and out of your life on a routine basis, that's one of the highest state of beings we can achieve as a person, and when we when we pursue our dreams, you know, pursuing your dreams actually takes you to an outward focus because your dreams are usually big and they involve creating connection and 
and uh, relationship with people. And so individual happiness tends to be those little fleeting moments of, you know, we get this thing and we think it'll make us happy. It's the big things in life where you really give back to the world and really solve problems for others. Those are the things that bring lasting joy and lasting fulfillment. And when we can start to have it that the, you know, the the inward facing or the selfish emotions that we need to have, they're very appropriate emotions to have, just become things we move through rapidly, that we can rapidly move through forgiveness, especially self-forgiveness, and get back to those happy places, then we find our dreams start to just come forward to us rapidly. It's almost like you're pulling them toward you. And happiness and joy become a sustained way of being in your life. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really awesome. You know, um, I think that that's so important for people to fully understand just what that's all about because in understanding what that's all about, they can stop being so confused about where they want to be. And emotions, I notice, really, really mess people's minds up because it seems like they set themselves up uh, too often. They set themselves up to, uh, uh, to fail. And and it's and it's sad, you know. It's very sad. What will make you happy? Wouldn't succeeding make you happy? Well, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from getting there? It's bad habits, and and that's what your book about. Your book is about this that seven habits of influential people. Why don't you talk about that? Well, I'd love to. <laughs> This is my favorite book, Jim. <laughs> Mine too, and I haven't even gotten it yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think when we really talk about sustained happiness and live, living your dream, when you look at the happiest people out there, they're people who are deeply contributing. And that's, in fact, one of the most foundational habits of highly influential people, right? They solve a big problem for other people. You know, and they tend to do it in a very specific way, like really grassroots, easy to wrap your head around initiatives that make a difference in other people's lives, right? You know, one of the best examples that you can see of that right now is the work that Judy Von Niekerk's doing with the digital bra. It's really cool what Judy's doing. She's actually a leader in the empowerment movement in Europe. Absolutely. Um, You know, very big in the women's empowerment movement. But Judy is taking on the whole notion that, you know, it bugs her that our generation of women will wear shoes that hurt, bras that hurt, um, we'll do all, you know, don't even talk to me about bikini waxing. We, we do all kinds <laughs> of painful things in the name of beauty, right? And so Judy has taken this on in a very practical, grassroots, reasonable way. She's invented a little app that you can download on your iPhone or your smartphone that that will scan a woman so that she can have a custom-ordered bra. Like, how exciting is that? Especially, you know, this is, uh, at least in Canada, I'm not sure if elsewhere, but it's Breast Awareness, uh, Breast or breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? Right. It is, and yeah. a lot of cancer researchers and chiropractors, for that matter, cite constricting and poorly fitting bras as a major health concern, right? So what Judy's doing is, is basically she's being a stand that a generation of women start teaching their daughters that being sexy and beautiful doesn't have to hurt. 
Like, how fun is that, right? Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's a very grassroots, down-to-earth way she's doing it. You know, if you want to look at Judy's work, go check out the digital bra. They just launched a big campaign around it. But it's a great grassroots example of how one individual can do something to try and give back to the world. This is Judy's dream, and there's a lot of fulfillment and reward in doing that. Because, A, you can you know, often turn these things into successful businesses. But, B, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from helping other people. Absolutely. We had Judy on the show either last week or the week before last. I so was fun. Totally, I was totally inspired by her. I think she's amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and it's obvious she wants to give back. And, and, and I would imagine that that has to be the attitude of the influencer. It's, the one, it's, it's about giving, not taking. Absolutely. You know, influential people are incredibly generous. That's one of their key characteristics, right? In fact, you know, here's the whole secret to influence in a nutshell. Can I just give it to you? Oh, please. (laughs) It's like this is the reason you want to buy the book, right? Mm. And I talk about this a lot in Mass Influence, that to get influence, all you got to do is give influence. And, and I know that sounds a little twisted. It's like, huh, how do you give influence? Because, you know, a lot of people think of influence as something you either have or you don't have. It's like you mm-hmm. have brown eyes. You are influential. And the reality is influence is way more than that. It's a skill set. And just like if you want to get respect, you give respect. If you want to get influence, you give influence. Notice that highly influential people are routinely endorsing other people they admire, um, suggesting that people go and check out the work of other people they admire. They will nominate their colleagues for awards. They will post them on their social media. They will recommend them on LinkedIn. They will have them as a guest on their awesome radio show. Thank you, Jim. (laughs) You know? And, And that's what influential people do. They give influence to others, and that's how they become influential. The the, the best example of that on the whole planet is, in fact, Oprah Winfrey. She became the most influential woman on the planet by routinely shining a light on smart, wonderful people who had something good to say to the world. Mm. That is so, so correct. And, you know, it's the opposite of what people think influence is because it's obvious that a lot of folks think that influence is nothing more than manipulation. Yeah, and I would say influence is the opposite of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because the minute that anything you're doing is inauthentic, and, you know, there's a lot of different definitions of authenticity out there or mm-hmm. how genuine you might be, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really, authenticity is just is, is your inside voice saying the same thing as your outside voice, right? In <laughs> other words, are your thoughts aligned with what's coming out of your mouth? And, you know, so people can spot inauthentic a mile away. People can spot manipulation, Right, You know if somebody's saying to you, this is a really great product, and you can tell if their thoughts are saying, oh, God, I need this sale. Right? <laughs> so Absolutely. It's, it's, it's becoming very common in this day and age. that when, And that's why, you know, spam may work because there will be one millionth of one percent of the population that that spam hits for whom that message lands authentic. 
mm-hmm. right? Because for them, that happened to be what they needed to hear today, and they didn't get that that was spam. That's why spammers work. But for the average people, you get spam, and it's just a whole lot of noise because it doesn't sound genuine and it doesn't sound authentic, right? Right. So, so it's really important when you talk about becoming influential that you think about things like, are you really pursuing your dreams? Pursuing your dreams is authentic for you because then you're doing something you love. Doing something just for the sake of money or the sake of a job is inauthentic. You're not being genuine because you don't love what you do. The inside voice that's going on in your thoughts is going to always be saying something different that comes out of your mouth. It's going to be very difficult to be influential if you're doing something you hate. Wow. And, 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 and I think people out there that you need to be taking notes on that because this is so absolutely important. And when you speak about authenticity, um, it's very easy to spot people who are not authentic. You know, they, 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 they are out there playing a game. That's why flattery can be so damaging. You know, it's it's there to woo you, to uh, to let you bring your guard down, so that the uh, coup de gras can be put out there, so to speak. Did, did I say that right? Yeah, sounds sounded good to me. <laughs> coup de gras, that was right. <laughs> yeah, my French isn't as you know, for a woman with a name de Grosbois, I should know. <laughs> But no, that that you know, being authentic is so absolutely important. And I know people who are true influencers, and and you can tell that you can hang on everything that they're saying, and you don't have to have your guard up because they're not going to harm you. Their whole mindset is to bring you to a better place. And, and even in minor conversations, they're always moving you in the right direction. And and there's nothing in it for them, you know. And uh, when you can demonstrate that, then you are truly influential. I find you to be that person. And by the way, this isn't flattery. This just happens to be the truth. And you read my emails that I send you, and uh, they just happen to be the truth, all right? And, uh, and, And the proof in the pudding is the fact that the result is always so extremely positive, Oh, thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. Well, no, it's 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 the truth. It's the truth. And and for you folks out there, probably don't know what I mean by that. Uh, Teresa is the president of the of EBC, and that's the Evolutionary Business Council. It's an international. Uh, I I like to call it a think tank because it it's not so much the Chrome Dome think tank, but they are thought leaders. And you can tell that they have been influenced by Teresa because they're virtually all the same when it comes down to giving of themselves and giving of their minds. And you folks that listen and follow the show, uh, you applaud and love the people that have been guests over the past, I would imagine, six months. Well, I have to tell you, a large volume of them were introduced to me by Teresa. So she has been 
single-handedly, she joined into my quest to bring thought leaders in front of my audience to help you move to a better place. All right, and I applaud Teresa for that because it can be a very daunting job. Well, it's an easy show to recommend, Jim. I love what you do, and I love what you stand for. And I just want to say thank you for doing it because you really do have a massive contribution to the world. Well, <laughs> you guys make it easy for me. And, and this is not a, a, a mutual celebration of us folks. We're actually celebrating you. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, it's the audience that benefits from the work that we're endeavoring to do to get you to a better place. So, and and by talking about the habits of influential people, wow, uh, there's so much to go into. But before we do that, one more time, I just let that folks know that my guest this evening is to Teresa de Grobois. And, and by the way, every time I say her name, it gets better and better. I used to fumble her name like mad, but it's Teresa de Grobois. It also helps <laughs> that my, my producer phonetically wrote it out for me. So it, <laughs> that also helps. <laughs> but Ter- We're going to make a Frenchman of you yet, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa is the... Is, is is the author of the latest international bestseller, Mass Influence, The Habits of the Highly Influential. And, and Teresa, you know, please tell them where they can get the book, where they can find out about Wildfire. I haven't even spoken about Wildfire. Where, where they can find out about Wildfire and that whole entire thing, because it's not just about Teresa and the book. Yeah, there's a massive amount of work that she's out there doing, and you need to really plug into what she's doing. So can you tell folks how they can accomplish that? Oh, sure, Jim. The uh, You can pick up a copy of the book at massinfluencethebook.com. And if you want to find out more about our other programs or the Evolutionary Business Council, you can visit my main website at teresadegrobois.com, which is T-E-R-E-S-A-D-E-G-R-O-S-B-O-I-S.com. So massinfluencethebook.com or teresadegrobois.com. And make sure you get over there, folks. Don't worry. Uh, we're going to continue to talk. You can listen in the background. The wonderful thing about this is you can listen in the background and still hear everything as you're perusing and you're getting things all set up for yourself. So go ahead and do that. Uh, uh, Teresa, what is one thing that people who achieve enormous influence and success know that other folks don't know? Well, if you look at really influential people, they're masters at relationships. And, And they not only have relationships with the people that follow them, but they have really strong relationships with other influential people that they honestly respect and admire, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's really interesting to watch how they build those relationships. They actually do it by trading in influence. Influence is actually the currency that highly mm-hmm. influential people use to build relationships with each other. And I have seen that firsthand. Uh, I'm always amazed by it as as you watch an influencer and you look at who they are 
relating to, you know, who, what relationships they have, and 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 it's it just it never ceases to amaze me because of the fact that within those relationships together, the collaborations are like endless. They're so powerful when they collaborate. So much gets done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you re- it, it all comes down to that basic principle, right? You can't make yourself influential. You need other influential people to help you become influential. It's the way they talk about you that would make you influential. And it's the way you talk about them that makes them influential. And, you know, this is one of the reasons I say becoming influential really is as simple as breathing, because if you want to breathe in, you've got to breathe out first, right? Mm-hmm. And when you start to realize that the more you gift influence, the more influence will come back to you, then it becomes very simple and very intuitive to become influential, right? Because all you've got to do is recognize people who deserve it on a routine basis. How hard mm-hmm. is that? It's actually very simple <laughs> and easy to do. And you've got to realize that it's in your own best interest to do that. That's the breakthrough for most people, is to realize that it's in your own best interest to recognize and acknowledge good work whenever you see it, wherever you can. Because the more you do that, you know, it's human nature, right? When you say something nice about someone, generally they'll turn around and say something nice back. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen if the person's at a wild, wildly different level of influence than you. If you give Oprah Winfrey a shout-out on your social media, you might not get a response because she's got, you know, 10 million people at any time talking about her, right? But you want to start building relationship with people who are at a similar level of influence to you or slightly more influential and just routinely start giving them influence, acknowledging their work in some way, and you will find that influence starts flowing back to you. Wow, that is so important, and 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 you know, I, I you hear that noise in the background? I hear a little scratching noise. That that's people putting pen to paper. I hear <laughs> I hear it around the world. They're writing. They're taking notes as you're talking to you. That's a wonderful thing. I feel good about that. <laughs> You talk about the habits that people who are consistently good at generating influence exhibit. You were just talking about that. Can you share a few more of those with the audience so that they can really cement abundance in their lives? You know, what other things can they look to? Yeah, well, we talked about the habits of, you know, that influential people tend to solve a really big problem. That's the first one. And we talked about authenticity as a habit, you know, that influential people tend to do something they're deeply passionate about and only uh, tend to play with and recommend people they really admire, right? And mm-hmm. and we talked about the habit of the ability to build really powerful relationships, right? Because really that becomes one of the found, foundational things of influential people, right? So another, you know, the next big one, that we'd really talk about is how they build those relationships, right? Because this is one of the biggest places people get stopped is around the relation relationships buildings, right? You only need to call up the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and offer to buy them coffee. And, and faster than you can say restraining order, you'll learn <laughs> that the rules of etiquette apply a little differently to highly influential people. Right, well, that's true. and so a lot of people are in this inquiry of well, how do I build a relationship? 
with the highly influential, I can't even get past their receptionist to get a phone call with them. And so here's the reality. It's because most people have the wrong paradigm when they're approaching someone really influential, right? You know, when you move into a new house, if the new neighbor comes by and the first thing they say to you is, wow, I just saw that stereo you were carrying up the walk. I can't wait to borrow that for my next party. You know, you're going to be rolling your eyes up in your head and going, shoot me now, who did I just move in next door to, right? You know, when you want to meet the new neighbor, you're going to bake an apple pie and or a lasagna and you bring the apple pie over to the neighbor and that kickstarts the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And when you use this analogy and apply it to how a lot of people are in business, you start to get why a lot of people are stopping themselves from becoming influential, right? And the biggest mistake most people make is what I would affectionately call the premature ask. You know, people always say the premature what? <laughs> but, you know, the premature ask is that is like that equivalent of that neighbor asking to borrow the stereo or asking to borrow your lawnmower or whatever. Mm. You know, you um, in business, you see this all the time at networking functions. The most influential person at a function is usually the guest of honor or the host. And you often see the guest of honor walk off stage and there'll be a lineup of five or six people waiting there. And, you know, three or four of them will have a book or a CD or a product in hand and the other three or four want to offer to buy them coffee or lunch, right? Mm -hmm. Giving an influential person your book or your CD is like going to the new neighbor and saying, you're going to love my kids. You're so going to enjoy babysitting them. (laughs) Right? It doesn't work. You want to give them something before you make an ask. And what a lot of people don't realize is your book or your CD is not a gift in that scenario, any more than saying you're going to love my kids is a gift to the new neighbor, right? And offering to buy them lunch or coffee is not a gift. A highly influential person, I'm going to use an extreme example, but imagine Oprah Winfrey, how many offers of coffee she gets in a month. No. An hour of her time is not worth a $5 latte, right? (laughs) So, you know, I'm using the extreme example so people get it, but you can't apply the same rules that you learned in networking. They do work powerfully in networking when you want to make one-on-one connections with people of similar levels of influence. They don't work when you're connecting with the influential. You need to learn a new skill set and a new rule book. That's why I wrote Mass Influence. Oh, now you folks know why you have to run and get that book. You, you know, it's funny because what you're saying, I have, I have experienced that many, many, many times, many times. As a matter of fact, um, I had gotten so turned off by that term. I, I, can I pick your brain? All right? Yeah. Yeah, influential uh, my, people will hear that as, can I have an hour of free coaching yeah, for the price of a yeah, coffee? Yeah, yeah. I, I go, yeah. no, you can't. And, you know, the, the what I like to do, uh, and you were speaking about networking events, I go because you're supposed to go, all right? I am not mm-hmm. a huge networker, but I do go to networking events. Uh, one of the reasons why, and uh, folks out there don't believe me, but I'm extraordinarily introverted, okay? 
And people wow. say, how can you be introverted when you're an ordained minister, you preach, and also you are a speaker, so you speak all over the place, and you are a lecturer and a teacher. Well, that's because I've learned how to overcome those things, and it's made me better for it. But I'm very introverted. So when I have the opportunity to be by myself or with just my wife or with one of my six kids, but they're all adults and they're doing their own thing, I'm as happy as a pig in mud. But I am also a business coach, consultant, and a business trainer, and I've got to set the example, so I have to network. But let me tell you what, what I like to do when I'm networking. I don't want you to sit there and listen to all that I'm doing. I want to listen to what you're doing. And let me offer right there on the spot to give you some pointers as to what might be able to help you. But when you approach me and you say, can I pick your brain, the vault closes up. So yeah, it's a, it's a common thing that you see with influential people, right? And it's not that they're not nice people, right? And a lot of people who've never really played the influence game end up adding a lot of meaning to influential people saying no. You know, you'll hear them say, oh, well, they're obviously a snob or they're totally into themselves or, well, they just don't care about other people. You'll hear all kinds of, like, negative stuff, right? And I want to invite you to really change your thinking around that. Because an influential person at a networking function, at a single networking function, might get 80 invitations to coffee and 17 mm. invitations to lunch. It's overwhelming. A human being can't, go, can't drink that much coffee, let alone spend that amount of time in a cafe, <laughs> right? You'd be dead from the, <laughs> from the caffeine overdose, right? Yeah, really. And it's not that they mean to be aloof and put you out. It's just that... An influential person, it's kind of like you're going up to a hockey player and saying, boy, I'd love to play hockey, and you're holding a badminton racket and declaring yourself a badminton player because you don't know the rules and you don't get how the game is played, and then you want them to let you on their rink. And it's like, if you want to get on the hockey rink, buy a stick and a pair of skates and learn the rules of hockey and approach the next really good hockey player you meet um, you know, on the basis that you're ready to learn and you're ready to step on the rink, and they'll probably be a lot more likely to speak to you. Apologies for the Canadian hockey analogies, but I am a Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the point being, you know, if you're just going to be a badminton player standing on the hockey rink wondering why everybody's shooting pucks at you, you're never going to gain influence. There really is a different set of etiquette and a different set of rules influential people play by. And if they don't think you know them, they're not likely to connect you or recommend you to other influential people. Because if you're being weird with them, you're going to be weird with the people that they've connected connect you with, right? And, you know, so often the things an influential person says to you is actually they're meaning to invest in you. And if you take them as an insult or a stop, you've missed the opportunity to build a relationship with them. Wow. And, and folks, when I was giving my illustration of going to networks uh, of functions and people wanting to pick my head, uh, my brain, I'm not alluding to the fact that I'm influential, all right? Uh, 
people think <laughs> no, I'm No, you just have a expert. huge radio show, and you're connected to everyone in the industry. You're so cute, James Nemley. <laughs> and for anyone listening, this man is beloved in the industry. People speak about you in hushed tones, and I love it, though, that you're so humble. Let me brag on you because that's uh, way no, easier. No, it, you are influential, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, realis- realistically, I just like to be that open gate. You know, that's all I want to be is that open gate, plain and simple. But there are rules out there for how you play the game. And, and I love the fact that in telling people what they need to do, that you're also telling them what they shouldn't do. And and yeah. that, that's very important because, you know, it's it's like seeing a little terrier. You know, those little terriers that, that just skitter all over the place. Whenever you're in a setting where where you have people who are influential or people who are known in their industry, you can always tell those people who maybe aren't on that level, they, they're well below them, but they're not running around looking like a, a, a terrier spinning in circles because they're in the they're in the presence of greatness. <laughs> right? I don't yeah, see a lot absolutely. of influential I don't see a lot of influential people trying to flaunt their greatness and you trying to act that way in their presence actually does you more damage than it does you good, doesn't it? Because I heard you talk about them acting weird in front of those folks. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that Sean DePerrin talks about a lot is shameless self-promotion. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they say shameless self-promotion, they have a lot of negative energy around the word shameless. And, in fact, really what shameless self-promotion is, you know, being able to promote yourself without shame. Without shame. And, you know, think about that for a minute, right? Yes. Because if you can just talk about what you do powerfully – without all this inner self-limiting beliefs coming up around it's not appropriate to talk about myself, it's it's the incongruity with what's going on in your thoughts versus what's coming out of your mouth that has you land smarmy or weird, right? <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, the truth is you've got to be able to powerfully talk about yourself and when you become influential, you won't have to. Other influential people, I mean, there's the great irony. Without the ability to shamelessly self-promote, you would never become influential. And when you do become influential, so many other influential people will talk about you in positive ways that you don't need to shamelessly self-promote. One endorsement from a highly influential person can cause hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of profit to a business. Not oh, to yeah. mention, if you, you know, if you're in a career, an endorsement from a highly influential person can blow the roof off your career. So it's you know really important to think about a how do you talk about yourself, but b how do you get to that point where you don't need to? Mm. Wow, I love that. Say that again. <laughs> do you Dang, say you that? Please say that said. again. <laughs> I know I get that way too, but say that again. That well, you know, the really powerful thing is is to think about, you know, getting to that powerful place where you can talk about yourself powerfully. And that happens because you're living your dream and you're doing something you authentically love, right? One of the most foundational habits of influential people. I talk about this a lot in the book 
In fact, there's a lot of exercises in mass influence to help you really figure out how to get alignment with doing what you love and doing your dreams. And at the same time, when you get to the place where you are starting to play the influence game effectively, when you routinely start building relationships with other influential people because you're routinely giving them endorsement and giving them influence, you will find that you don't need to talk about yourself powerfully because everywhere you go, other people will be doing it for you. Wow. Wow. And and I hope you folks are taking notes because I see you at networking events. I know what you're doing. Cut it out. (laughs) <laughs> cut it out you 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 know um you know it it becomes very evident uh about how people act you know and and I and I put it this way the wannabes all right um the wannabes the ones that are pushing it too hard the ones who uh are running around taking selfies of themselves with people who are influential. Now, those are the ones that really make me want to bang my head against the wall. Have you noticed that a lot? Well, you know what, though? I really want to, if that's you, I actually want to acknowledge you. Because you might be doing things sloppily, but you're getting out there and you're trying. You know, you're trying. And when you step on the hockey rink the first time, you're going to look wobbly. Right Uh now, you uh want to take a selfie with someone influential and make it count. Here's what you do: you take a selfie with them, you post it up on Facebook, and you say something like, "Hey, I'm so excited to have met uh, Lisa Menini at this fabulous event because she's speaking in Chicago next week, and I Mm. want any of my friends in Chicago to know there's a great event you can see her at and include the link." Now you're being gracious to Lisa Menini for doing that. I love her work, by the way. If you're an entrepreneur, follow Lisa Menini. (laughs) And folks, I want you to. I I know. I I, I was just going to bring that up. You did it with (laughs) Judy. You did it with Lisa. Uh, Folks, that's that's a master influencer right there. She's name dropping to lift other people up. All right. You're, yeah, you're and I, I wanted to, to comment on that for a minute, Jim, because mm-hmm. there's a difference between name dropping to build you up and name dropping mm-hmm. to build the other person up. Yeah. And when you get that distinction, you will become influential. If uh, you're just saying, "Oh, look at me! Look who I met last week! That's mm-hmm. freaking awesome! I'm important because I met this important person." Mm-hmm. Right, like like maybe you run into Seth Godin at a big event, and so you take mm-hmm. a photo with you with Seth Godin. I love Seth Godin's blog, by the way. Go check him out if you don't know who <laughs> Seth Godin is. And, and you take a photo with Seth Godin. Well, if the photo is all about you and making you look good because you're in a photo with Seth Godin, that's mm-hmm. going to land smarmy. If it's all about sending people to Seth Godin's blog and saying this guy is one of the most brilliant bloggers on the planet, not to mention all right. the courses and books he's written, you know, then it's not going to land smarmy. Then it's going to land as a gift of influence, even though you're not nearly as influential as Seth Godin. The man's mm-hmm. freaking huge if you don't know who he is. Absolutely. Um, and that will then work powerfully. Mm. These are some gems, pearls and gems mixed together that's coming from Teresa. And, and 
when you folks are out there, the, the beautiful part about it, there's so many opportunities to be influential. You know, it's not like, oh, okay, well, I don't have time or this, that, or other. There's so many opportunities to be influential just doing the things that you normally do in the course of your business. You know, we have like five minutes. I can't believe the time has has flown so quickly. That's unbelievable. I love having you on the show, <laughs> but I, I can't keep you yeah. long enough. You know, I need to extend the show time when I have you on, maybe to an hour and a half or two hours. How would you like that, talking for two hours? <laughs> oh, that sounds like a blast, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the folks again how they can find the book, how they can see everything. How, how, you know, we even have a chance to talk about Wildfire, which I think that is, is an amazing. Why don't you tell them about Wildfire as well? Uh, well, you know, I, I, one of the things the book talks about when you buy Mass Influence is the online training programs I do. Um, and they're delivered at wildfireacademy.com. Um, but I just, you know, I want you to buy the book. Please, folks, please. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say, you know, we price the book at cost because we, I, I really want, I don't want there to be any barriers with people getting this book. You know, included with the book is the 30-day influence challenge it's basically, I'll tell you what it is in a nutshell. For 30 days, we get you to do quick little two- to five-minute exercises every day so you can practice the skill set of influence and you learn it by doing it. So we gift you that training course when you buy the book. Um, just come on in and, and uh, start doing the exercises. It really is fun and funny. The book's full of cartoons and jokes. Um, and it's mathinfluencethebook.com. And, you know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, too. I'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn. And make certain you do that, folks. You will not be sorry. Please do it. This is about you. And, and you know, uh, I love uh, during my shows when I can implore for uh, uh, my listeners to purchase a book. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying that is because uh, I get nothing from that. It has nothing to do with that. The reason why folks come on the show is because I want them there to give you what you need to make the next step. Now, I can bring the water to you. I can't make you drink it. Okay? I can't make you drink it. So buy the book. Take the 30-day challenge. Become influential. Teresa, it's so awesome having had you on the show. Ah, oh, wonderful. It's just been my pleasure, Jim. You know, I, I love how you, if I could just leave people with one th final thought, because I love how you talk about how people are wondering where they get the time to be influential. You know, breathing is something that takes 24 hours out of every day. <laughs> and influence is like breathing. You get so skilled at it when you get it that it takes zero time because it is intuitive and as natural as breathing, and you will find it simply becomes a routine part of your day that you don't even notice. Mm. You have to do it, folks. You have to do it, all right? And if you're not doing it, don't cry the blues. Please don't do that because it's your own fault. It's your own fault, all right? Um, Teresa, you're amazing. You always amaze me. I love you dearly. You're fantastic. 
EBC is fantastic. I'm having a ball. As a matter of fact, where were you guys 33 years ago? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great to have you amongst us, Jim. <laughs> okay, Jim, folks, thank you so much. Wrap it up. And Teresa, thanks for having been on the show. Buy the book, folks. Buy the book. Buy the book. And then email me and tell me how influential you become. That'll wrap it up. Have a blessed and profitable week. Take care, all. Good night. Thanks, Jim.